Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the NFL Central Podcast. We take a look at the great sport of American football from over here in Australia. My name is Vaship, and joining me as always is Gordon B. Gordon, how are we doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Um, I mean, stuck in lockdown still, but what can you do about that, I guess? Yeah, exactly. Waiting for vaccination rates to go up. Well, at least we've got uh, some football to watch. We had Thursday night football uh, yesterday. We'll be recapping that and then previewing all the rest of the week four games. Uh, it was the Bengals hosting the Jags, and the home team ended up getting a 24-21 to 21 win. It was a comeback victory sealed uh, with a 35-yard field goal off the right foot of rookie kicker uh, Evan McPherson. As time expired, his second game-winning field goal in the opening month of the season, of course, they defeated the Vikings in week one. Uh, in similar fashion. Um, with, with the loss, the Jags remain winless, uh, 0-4, while the Bengals move to 3-1 and, and assume uh, sole position of first place in the AFC North Division. Um, that's the first time they've been uh, first place in the division since week five of 2018. Uh, look, what are the Jags dominated the first half, 14 to nothing lead uh, You know, at the goal line, looking to extend it inside the last minute of the half. Urban Meyer decides to go for it in fourth down rather than kicking the field goal and taking a 17 to nothing lead into the half. Um, Trevor Lawrence is stuffed. Uh, you know, and from there, coming out of the half, uh, you know, the Bengals just had all the momentum. Yeah, I mean, it was – I'm not sure still if it was the right decision or not. I think in a situation like that, taking the three, you go into half with a three-score lead, that's just a lot more, um, I don't know, intimidating to the opposition. It feels like, okay, I'm down three scores. That's a lot more difficult to come back from than a 14-point lead if you fail to get it. Like, yeah, obviously, if they score the touchdown, they go up 21. That's massive, but still going half of a 17-point lead would have been almost enough, I think, to continue with that momentum. But, yeah, obviously Cincinnati made the halftime adjustments, come out after halftime, and look like a completely different team. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's certainly a different discussion if you're down or it's a much closer game. But when you're up two scores, um, you know, kick that field goal, make it 17, as you say, make it three scores, and then who knows what happens in the second half. I mean, the Bengals went touchdown, 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 field goal. Um, uh, in in the, in the second half, but if uh, if Jacksonville kicked that field goal, then um, you know the Bengals kick, which ended up being game winning, would have been game tying, and you go to overtime, you get another chance to possess the ball. Um, Trevor Lawrence, you know, look good in patches, seventeen for twenty four, two hundred and one yards, no touchdowns, uh, throwing, and also no picks. So no picks for the first time, I guess, which is what the offensive staff would look to as an improvement. Uh, as I said, did lose his use his legs, a couple of key third down pickups on a touchdown drive and, and ran it in for a touchdown. Um, but the real star for Jacksonville, Gordo, you've been pumping this guy up for, for a long time now. James Robinson, 18 carries, 78 yards, couple of scores uh, on the ground. Uh, you know, it's amazing, you know, what happens when you actually, you know, give one of your, your best player, I would say, on the offense a go, Gordo. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd agree there. He probably is their best offensive weapon. I mean, DJ Chark would be up there, but um, he broke his ankle, actually. So he'll be gone for, I'm guessing, the rest of the year with that early on in the game. So realistically, James Robinson and maybe LaVisca Chanel are pretty much this entire offense now to help Trevor Lawrence out. And yeah, they're going to feed Robinson, I think, over the coming weeks a lot more than they have in the first couple. Yeah, yeah. Um... Also, uh, Chenault Jr. She catches for, for 99 yards on the offensive side. For the Bengals, Logan Wilson, uh, second-year linebacker, had a really good start to the season, um, backed up uh, a pick in week two against Chicago, a couple of picks last week against 
um, against Pittsburgh and had 10 tackles and a sack this week. So that's a bright spot on this defense, which I think has been markedly better than, than most people improved, uh, expected, sorry. But, um, you know, again, they played Pittsburgh and Jacksonville in the last few weeks. We'll see what they do next week um, when the Packers come to town. Um, in terms of the Bengals, you know, look, they're rolling. Um, uh, Joe Burrow, 25 for 32, 348 yards, a couple of touchdowns, no picks. Um, Joe Mixon, quieter night than we've seen on the ground, 16 for 67 and a score. But it's this connection with the wide receivers. I mean, Jamar Chase, again, good, six catches, 77. Tyler Boyd, again, a big target, nine catches, 118. But uh, CJ Usama, I believe it's how it's pronounced, um, really had a night out. Gordo, uh, five catches, 95 yards, including two really key touchdowns in that second half. Yeah, I mean, he and Burroughs seem to have a really good connection with each other. I mean, I don't think he's really ever had a game like this before, but, yeah, a real breakout performance from him. Um, and as you've mentioned, these Bengals pass catches, they're just getting better each week, it seems. I mean, that connection with Jamar Chase is, I mean, I know it's early, but that's one of the better ones going around in the league right now. Yeah, and as we say, the Bengals looking good again early days. Uh, we'll see what they do. I'm... Just looking ahead at their schedule here, they've got Green Bay and then Detroit, Baltimore, the Jets. So they're certainly winnable games there. I mean, they could easily be five and three. So um, I don't think not very many people out there had them making the playoffs. It is a very good division. But um, yeah, so far, so far, so good. On the flip side, I guess, if they had lost that game and not come back, the amount of pressure and scrutiny that would have been on Zach Taylor, um, uh, you know, would have been immense. Um, just in terms of, of the Jags, of course, Urban Meyer still doesn't have a win. Um, a lot of talk, Trevor Lawrence now has the same amount of wins, uh, losses, excuse me, in um, his NFL career than he had in all of his high school uh, and college careers. Um, and now the Jags have lost now 19 straight. So that equals them with the Detroit Lions of the 07 to 09 period. They had the 0 and 16 in between that, of course, um, just behind uh Tampa Bay Bucks, who took 26, seven games to get off the schneid uh, when they were first uh, introduced to the league as an expansion team. Uh, and they will be hosting the division-leading Titans next week back in Florida. Okay, that was Thursday night football. And, you know, got a, we were perhaps thinking after the last two weeks, oh, we need some excitement. The good news is starting next week, we have some entertaining matches up. We've got the Rams at the Seahawks on Thursday night football next week. Uh, then Tampa Bay at Eagles. Well, you know, that's an up and down, but then the Broncos at the Browns Packers at the Cardinals. I'm sure you'll like that one. Um, so the next four or so weeks looks like we could have some really entertaining games. Yeah. No, they've actually picked prime time. I think pretty well so far this year. I mean, most of them seem to have come down to either a field goal or a last second touchdown. So yeah, they're doing pretty well on that actually. Indeed. Okay. Onto the game picks last week. I got 10, Gordo got 12, which puts us at uh, 30 is my total, 29 so far for Gordo. So, excuse me, not much separating us, but in the certain picks, Gordo has a clear lead. Buffalo beat Washington, so you're three for three on one for three. Finally got off to Schneid with uh, Vegas defeating Miami in overtime. Uh, both of us picked the Bengals, uh, so we want to know on this week. And we will get on now to the slate of games. We'll start in Philadelphia. The Chiefs coming into town. Um you know, both teams want to know. Both teams have lost two in a row. Um, I think there's a bit more concern surrounding Kansas City, obviously expected to be, uh, you know, a contender in the AFC. Philadelphia very much not expected to be an NFC contender. Um, but, you know, both of them do need wins to stay in touch with their respective division leaders. Um, but records aside, it's a, it's a special day for Randy Reid. Of course, um, well, not only the last week he left the stadium in an ambulance, but he's fit and healthy now, but he returns to Philadelphia Coached 14 years there. Now it's his ninth year in Kansas City. Um, done a lot for both franchises. 
his first time coming back to Philadelphia was his third game as head coach of the Chiefs. That was, of course, when they started 9-0 and went 11-5 and after going 2-14 and the year before the Chiefs. Uh, now he's back and he's looking for his 100th win as a head coach of the Chiefs, including uh, regular season and playoffs. Um, look, in his time there, they've been, I believe it is the most successful franchise in terms of wins and losses. They've got seven playoff appearances, five division championships, two uh, Super Bowl appearances and, and a Super Bowl title, of course. He's only in 22 seasons as a head coach. Um, you'd really have to say, Gordo, that you know, what Andy Reid has done to this franchise has been pretty amazing. Um, you know, a perennial contender for the past nine years. Yeah, no, I mean, it seems like they've never really bottomed out in this time there. Um, yeah, he's managed to get them, I think, the last three years, you've got two Super Bowl appearances, a conference championship appearance, um, even in a fairly strong division through that time as well. I mean, the Broncos have been really good at times. Uh, the Raiders had a couple of years where they were they were really good. And, yeah, the Chiefs just seem to have been able to beat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the class of the AFC, you're right, three straight hosting, um, three straight times hosting the championship game. That's only been done one time before when Reed was in Philadelphia. Um, I get another element to this game. Shady McCoy, a uh, long time back in Philadelphia, um, went across and played for Reed uh, and the Chiefs, won a Super Bowl there and then went to the Bucks last season, didn't get much playing time, but got another ring. Um, he's retiring, signed a one-day contract to retire as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, as, as franchise players tend to do. Um, a lot of debate whether or not it is quite a Hall of Fame um, career. I mean, six-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ, two-time All-Pro, um, 15,000 total all-purpose yards, 11,102 of them rushing yards, 89 career touchdowns. He made the all-decade team. Um, he had a few years there where he was best in the league, Gordo, but do we think there's enough consistent play over a long period of time for him to be a Hall, a hall of Fame share? Uh, I mean, not first ballot, obviously, but I think he'll eventually get in at some point. I mean, two Super Bowl rings in the last couple of years probably really help him even if he didn't contribute that much to them, I think that still really just helps his legacy case, really. I mean, you look at it, if he didn't have the Super Bowls, and probably not, but the fact that he's now a two-time Super Bowl champion um, with the stats as well, I think that probably gets him in at some point. Mm. Yeah, I remember kind of growing up when I first started liking the Eagles, that 2010 team where you had Michael Vick, uh, Michelle McCoy and Deshaun Jackson, one of the most exciting offenses going around. Um, they never made a Super Bowl, but, um, yeah, he was... Certainly one of my favourite players growing up. So, uh, you know, sad to see him go, but it is fitting that he does retire. And I think, I believe he'll be honoured this weekend. You've got you know, Andy Reid, who's former head coach of the Chiefs and the Eagles. Um, on to the actual game here. Look, I'm, I'm not really, could be the pessimistic Eagles fan in me, but I'm not really expecting this to be too close. I think the Eagles' week one win over Atlanta's look more and more like an aberration. You know, they were routed by Dallas on Monday night and the Chiefs are going to be, you know, angry. They're coming off two straight losses for the first time. Uh, since October of 2019, I think a big day for Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, Jack Prescott carved up this this secondary last week, and I think he'll do it again. Brandon Graham's a big loss for this defense. We saw how much um, they missed him last week. Yeah, go on. something like 34-24, I think. Um, Andy Reid, you know, returning to Philadelphia, uh, gets his 100th win as head coach of the Chiefs, improved to 2-2 two and, two and stay in touch um, in, in the, in the, with their division. Yeah, it, it, this feels like a real chance for the Chiefs just to get that confidence back up after the two losses. Where even in them, uh, the offense hasn't been the problem. So, yeah, I can see Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and everyone just walking into Philly and probably winning by, oh, I think I'm going to go with more than, more than you, something like 35 to 15 or 14 or something like that. I don't think this is going to be close at all. 
Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes, he's thrown a pick in two straight games. He doesn't throw a pick in three straight games. That just doesn't happen. So um, I think he corrects that. Um, you know, yeah, and as you say, they get back on the winner's list. Um, okay, we'll move to – who was your pick? Ah, oh, yes, Cleveland at Minnesota. <clears throat> Gordo's first pick in the early window. Um, look, Minnesota coming off an impressive win uh, at home in their home opener against Seattle and a much-needed win, it's fair to say, where the Browns, they're rolling at 2-1, and one, kind of big wins over the Texans and the Browns. What do you make of this one, Gordo? Um, I'm looking mostly here to see how Minnesota performs again. I mean, they've been – offensively, they've been really impressive and that defence really stepped up again last week. But – I mean, that's against the Seattle offense that has looked, I don't know, it's it, not bad, but not great either. And, I mean, coming up against this Browns offense with the two running backs, with Odell back, uh, Baker Mayfield's playing really well. I mean, I think this is going to be a shootout. Um, neither defense, despite what the Browns did last week, is that good. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like Kirk Cousins has another chance to really I don't know, it feels insane to be saying this, but Boosie's MVP odds again. Um, yeah, he's, they're going to be throwing all game, I think, Minnesota. Delvin Cook's questionable again, so they might need to rely on Alexander Madison to get them through this. But this passing offense of Minnesota's, I think, going to have a day out again against the Browns. I'm still taking the Browns to win, but in a real close one. Um, something like 31-30, high-scoring, entertaining, pretty much what Minnesota's last couple of games have been. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I kind of I'll take a look at the other side and the Browns' defense, of course, had such a big day, 47 yards total given up and, and the nine sacks they had against Minis- against Chicago. Um, and as you've said, Minnesota's offense is completely different class. I mean, they're top 10 in every statistical category. And as you've mentioned, Kirk Cousins, 74% completion percentage, 918 yards, eight touchdowns, no picks and 119.3 QBR through three games. Um and, you know, Mattingly, Madison, excuse me, Alexander Madison did a great job last week, as you mentioned, in relief for Cook if he can't be there again. It's interesting. I agree. I think it'll be a shoot. I've got I've actually got the Vikings 30 to 28. In a weird sort of way, when we think about, you know, teams being good in shootouts, we think of the quarterback. But the Browns are an odd sort of team in that they can compete in, in shootouts almost relying on their running game. Sure, Baker Mayfield can step up and a drive here and there and make throws. But they really uh, – this is a crushing game with, with Chubb and, and Hunt, of course um, – it's a two, two-tiered, you know, running back uh, field. Um, you're right. This Minnesota defense had to step up, and they did in the second half last last week. Whether or not they can do it again, um, although I don't think either defense is going to feature very much in this game. Um, in the end, I, I've gone for Minnesota because I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback. I think it's pretty obvious than Baker Mayfield. I like him uh, perhaps hitting Justin Jefferson for a touchdown. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the final minute or so to win it late. I've got 30 to 28, so quite a similar score to you. Um, I'll take the Vikings. This is possibly more just who I want to win because I did t- to make the playoffs and then started off 0-2, uh, and that would make both teams 2-2. Two and two. But, yeah, I, I love your first pick. There. I think that, that should be a really entertaining matchup. Um, we'll move to Dallas. Um, yeah, Cowboys riding high after a, a big win over the old enemy in Philadelphia on Monday Night Football. They're 2-1. and one. Two on the trot. The Panthers are 3-0, and coming off a long break. They played on Thursday night last week and beat the Texans. Um, the matchup for me here, Gordo, is this Dallas offense who, uh, you know, very effective in the first few weeks against the Carolina defense, which has kind of flown under the radar. Not a lot of people are expecting this. Um, look, they're second in points and first in yards through three weeks. Uh, admittedly, they played the Texans and the Jets, uh, two of their three teams. 
But, you know, you can't dismiss numbers like that. I don't think a lot of people are expecting it. I think it'll be a great matchup. I do like Dallas narrowly, say 26 to 23 in a field goal. I think if Carolina are going to win, um, McCaffrey out again. So Darnold's going to have to step up. You know, he's been good through three weeks, but I think he needs to step up and more, have more of an active role considering um, the amount of points I think Dallas is going to score. They're going to have to keep stepping up and answering. Um, I, I don't think he can quite do enough. I, I don't I like uh, Prescott and the Cowboys, yes, say 26 to 23 in an overtime matchup uh, uh, in Arlington. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree. I mean, Donald's looked, I mean, pretty good through the first three games. But I I think after McCaffrey went out last week, uh, he had a slight drop off, I think, because uh, McCaffrey's just that big of a threat, both in the run game and the receiving game. Without him, this offense sort of shut down a bit. Um, And yeah, I mean, they're not going to be able to keep up with Dallas. I think as good as this defense has been, uh, the Dallas offense is everything I think everyone expected it to be finally. It's really living up to these expectations. Um, yeah, they've got almost a fully healthy offensive line again. It's Everything's working for the Cowboys at the moment. And the Cowboys defense as well is actually looking pretty good. Uh, Michael Parsons is playing really well. Trayvon Diggs is, I think he's leading the league in picks, isn't he, with three, in three mm-hmm. games. So... Yeah, Dallas defense is stepping up. I think this is Donald's first real, I don't know, coming back down to earth game where he might not look as good as he has the first three weeks. Um, I'm probably going to go a bit more of an easier win for Dallas than you, something like 30 to 20. I don't think Carolina is going to be able to keep up offensively. Yeah, you mentioned Trevor Diggs. Of course, the two picks, Dallas' defense, and then, of course, one was returned for a touchdown against Philadelphia. So, you know, uh, scoring points... Um, and this defense under Dan Quinn for three weeks already looks like he's getting results. Um, uh, of course, one of the worst defenses in history last year. Um, Okie dokie, that should be a nice one. Gordo, your second pick, an interesting matchup, Indianapolis in Miami. Um, really kind of two desperate teams here. You've got Indianapolis who are winless. No one would have expected that. Um, they lose in Tennessee last week. Uh, and then you've got Miami uh, who... A one and two and a one Damien Harris fumble in week one away from being 0 and three. Let's be real. Um, they got lucky to win that game in New England. Um, you know, fought hard last week in Vegas, but you know, counts for nothing. As I say, they're one and two. Now they're, they're now back a game from the Bills and also a head to head game. So a game and a half essentially in the division. If they drop it here, they're two and a half games back. And already it looks like, um, you know, they can't catch Buffalo. Uh, there were somewhat high expectations. I had. Uh, Miami taking a step back, but a lot of people thought they would take a step forward, Gordo. And if they are going to do that, you know, still a possibility and make the playoffs, this, this is a game they have to win for both sides, really. It's a yeah. nice win. Yeah. No, it almost feels like this is, I know, saying this in week four seems kind of weird, but it almost feels like a mini playoff game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've mentioned uh, both teams' records. I mean, if Indianapolis loses this, uh, we're assuming the Titans beat the Jets, they go three games behind the division leader. And as you mentioned, Miami loses this. If we're assuming the Bills beat the Texans, they go what three games or oh, two games back as well. So two and a half with the head to head. Half, yeah, the tie break. So yeah, I mean, both teams. It really feels like losing this could really derail their seasons if they're not already. Really, I mean, Indianapolis losing this, dropping to zero and four. That that would almost ruin their confidence, I reckon. Uh, then heading into the Ravens the week after. So there's a real chance that they go zero and five if they lose this. Uh, then Miami's got uh, who am I looking at here? They got at Tampa Bay. Oh, uh, the Buccaneers. Yeah, so that's 
I mean, realistically, both teams are really going to struggle, I think, the week after this. So the loser of this is probably done for the year. I know it's early to call that, but it really feels like that. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I remember coming into the season, looking at it, and you think, oh, gee, Indy got, got dealt a tough hand with Seattle, the Rams, Tennessee, Miami, and Baltimore in the first five weeks. But I think we still expect them to pick up a win here, and they're probably the, and this is the game that they were most circled to win. So I completely agree if they lose this. <clears throat> I think they're done. I don't think there's any chance they beat Baltimore on Monday Night Football in Baltimore. Um, as for Carson Wentz, I mean, not all of his fault, but you look at his stats since the start of last season, I mean, uh, you know, started in Philadelphia most of last season. Has come over Colts for a fresh start. He's three eleven and one with nineteen pass touchdowns, twenty one turnovers uh, across the last couple of seasons. That's the most in the NFL, and he's been sacked fifty eight times. He came to um, Indianapolis, uh, I guess, looking for a bit more stability. You know, he's at home with Frank Reich, um, but also just the fact that. Um, you know, this is supposed to be a good offensive line. He's been sacked, what, eight times through three games. That's what equal fourth, fifth in the league. So a shaky start. Um, if he is going to put it all together, this would be a great game to it, as we've said. Um, I don't think it happens. I think it's a kind of scrappy offensive game. Uh, I like Miami in overtime, 23 to 17. You mentioned that offensive line as well. Quentin Nelson's about to miss the first game of his career with mm-hmm. an ankle or knee problem. Uh, Braden Smith, they're starting right tackles out as well. So, yeah, this is a really banged-up offensive line at this point. Um, I've been tossing up on this game all week. I think I'm going to go with the Dolphins Yeah, I'm not sure exactly why. I've just got this feeling that the Dolphins are about to win this. Something yeah. – it'll be low scoring. I don't trust either of these offensives. Uh, something like 20 to 13, I think. Okay, so we agree on that one with the Dolphins uh, winning – Really, what, what is a, a must-win game there? Um, quick question. Frank Reich, he's not in danger. He's not on the hot seat at all, do you reckon? I mean, personally, I don't. I mean, playoffs last year, Mr. Playoffs year before, he's got a couple of playoff appearances, a couple of playoff wins. So they go four and, what is it, four, not four and 11, uh, 12, four and 13 or five and 12. Is he in any danger, do you think? It's a tough one. I mean, if you asked me before the year, I would have said absolutely no way. But it's... It's such a tough situation with him because he's had a different starting quarterback every year that he's uh, coached them. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, I mean, he's gone what? Um, Andrew Luck takes him to the playoffs. Then Luck retires. He gets Brissett for a year, uh, misses playoffs. Then he gets Rivers for a year, makes it to the playoffs, loses. And now he's got Wentz. So mm-hmm. it's not that they've all been bad quarterbacks per se, but I don't know. It, it's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they even went eight and eight with Brissett. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a bad total. And I'm this 2018 season where he, he first came, they started one and five in that season, and then uh, you know uh, finished off what is that uh, nine and one to finish ten and six, and then won a playoff game in Houston. So you know, perhaps we we shouldn't be writing them off so quickly. But um, you're right, he's been challenging. And perhaps if they don't finish well, um, they look to the to the draft for another, um, you know, another quarterback, but that's a long way in the future. We both had them losing this weekend to the Dolphins. Okay, on to my third pick. Um, I told Gordo last week I wouldn't make him watch the Jets again. I'd take their game. It's Tennessee in, excuse me, in the Meadowlands, take on uh, the Jets. I don't think anyone's really predicting this to be much of a game. I've got 33 to 10. I think that's been generous to New York. Um, uh, okay, as far as... I'll try and say something about it. As far as Tennessee is concerned, look, a disappointing week one. Backed it up with two impressive wins now, including that divisional win against the Colts, who we thought were their only real challenger. 
Um, Derek Henry back at his rightful place atop the league's rushing ranks. He's got 80 carries, 353 yards, and three scores. Um, he now has 50 straight yards in uh, 50 yards in 28 straight games, which is the longest in franchise history and the sixth longest streak in NFL history. So, you know, easy money to put <laughs> for him to get 50 yards against this Jets defense. Which um, I was looking at the stats, Gordon. You've been watching them the last couple of weeks. I know very hard to watch considering their offense is playing, but. Um, uh, this uh, where, where was the, the defense isn't it's 10th in yards, 14th in points. Um, the biggest issue is they're just not getting a break, right? Because there's got three and outs galore and picks from Wilson, and the offense is in disarray. Um, because of that, I think they'll be weary. I mean, 26 to nothing, they lost to Denver last week. That was a low point. I think it could be eclipsed this Sunday. Um, you know, I think I was expecting the defense to be the high point of this team. I think Robert Sala's trying his best, but at the end of the day, you can't do anything, I guess, when you've got you know such an incompetent offense. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the defense hasn't been awful. A lot of points have come in like the second half of games when, yeah, as you mentioned, they just tire and just get way too tired to actually do anything. But yeah, I mean, the Titans' offense could be a one-man show. Um, AJ Brown and Julio Jones have both been ruled out, so realistically, Derrick Henry may set rushing records here. Okay, um, put your money on on yeah on Derrick yeah, Henry overs and everything. I think. There could be records broken here. Um, Tennessee, they'll win easily, I think, similar to something like what you had, uh, 35 to 7, something like that. Yeah. I mean, just one last point on this. Zach Wilson has been sacked 15 times for three games. So, you know, he's spending a lot of time looking up at the sky, seven uh, picks and only the two touchdown passes. So um, yeah, he's been thrown to the wolves, essentially, I guess you would say. But uh, I can't even think who else they've got on that roster that they could have played instead. So they traded Joe Flacco. Have you got any idea? I don't think I can even name who their backup is at the moment. Uh, uh, let me check. Hold on. It's not Geno Smith. Um, no, not there. The issue is that they they don't have anyone on there. They no one who's thrown an NFL pass. A, That's right, isn't it? Yeah. They didn't trade for an experienced backup, which... If you've got a rookie quarterback, surely you want some sort of experience in the backup position just in case something like this happens and you need to take him out. I mean, it's... Mac New uh, uh, Cam Newton was there? Yeah, Mike White is their backup quarterback and there's no one else on the roster. Yes, the famous, famous Mike White who I've, no one's ever heard of. Oh, well. Um, so, yeah, another tough season I've written here why even bother anymore if you're a Jets fan? Just turn the television off, go outside and, you know, walk your dog or something like that. You know, what's the point of turning it on to watch that? Um, you know, tough, another tough season for Jets fans. Okay, your third pick, Gordon, predicted to be similar level of uh, of blowout, excuse me. It's uh, Houston at Buffalo. Davis Mills v. Josh Allen. That's all I think, you know, anyone needs to know about this game, Gordon? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, we saw what the Bills have done the last couple of weeks, put up 35 points on Miami and, what, 43 on the football team. So, yeah, I think something similar happens here. I mean, both those defences were, I mean, rated pretty highly coming into the year. Washington, uh, we've seen some regression. Similar, Miami's been all right. But, yeah, um, this will be a blowout, I think. I mean, I particularly want to play football again. He's really started to come around the last couple of weeks, particularly last week after a pretty poor start to the year. So, yeah, I mean, like what we said with Derek Henry, there could be records set here. Yeah, um, look, there's not enough. So I've got 40 to 3. Um, I really, this offense was was just 
you know, it's a tough position for Davis Mills to be in. Their only shining star on offense was Tyrod Taylor out with an injury. Uh, as we, we've said the last couple of weeks, it seems like they're reverting back to that team that we expected them to be. Um, the defense was good for a half, but I don't think they're going to – that was against Carolina and Darnold against this Buffalo team. Um, yeah, could be over Could be over pretty quickly. Okay, we'll move on to my fourth pick, the Giants at New Orleans. Um Interesting sort of game here. New Orleans have been one week up, one week down. If we follow that pattern, Jameis Winston's due for a shocker and, you know, the Giants might have a chance. On the other side, um, gee, the Giants couldn't be more disappointed. It's, it's funny to think people had them winning the division or competing. I mean, personally, I don't think you or I did, but um, it's safe to say after three weeks coming off a, a blown fourth quarter lead to the Falcons and um, an offense, an offside call costing them a win against Washington, that ship sailed. You know, they're not winning the division. Uh, and as I mentioned on our recap show, ironically, Daniel Jones has managed to keep his turnovers down thus far, again, compared with previous seasons. And that was so long the bane of, of this offense's existence. But um, it just hasn't happened for them, whether it's been, as we said, penalties or fourth quarter chokes. Um, I think Joe Judges is a position, and I say this every show, where he could be without a job in a couple of weeks if they don't uh, you know, get some wins on the board. Um, I'm going with New Orleans here. I think the first game back in... The Superdome, we should mention, of course, they played their week one game in Jacksonville because of the offense of, of Hurricane Ida. Um, and also, it's the first time they've had a full crowd since 26 months. I think I did the maths because they had, of course, no full crowd last season. So the last time they would have had a full crowd would have been their wildcard loss to the Vikings in the 2019 playoffs. Um, yeah, I think with Hoonat um, Nation cheering on a new quarterback for the first time in 15 years, of course, because James Winston's first proper home game, I think they get the win. I've gone 25-19, which I think is a, is a bit close probably, but uh, I think a 3-1 to one record uh, for the Saints uh, and the Giants remain winless. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you. I mean, you look at New York, they're really struggling. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, as you mentioned, Daniel Jones has actually been playing, I think, reasonably well. He's only thrown two touchdowns, but he hasn't thrown a pick yet. So that's something, I guess. Um He's only fumbled three times. So he's going at one turn over a game, which is, I mean, a lot better than what he has gone in the past. Uh, he's running the ball well. Um, yeah, he's been solid. I think he hasn't been great, but he has. I don't think he's done enough to convince him to pick a quarterback in the draft. But, mm. yeah, I mean, they probably lose this game. And realistically, looking at it, this might be almost their best chance for a win until week 12, almost. I mean, after this one at Dallas... Uh, then the Rams, Panthers, at the Chiefs, against the Raiders, have a bye, and then Tampa Bay. So, And then week yeah. 12, they play the Eagles. So realistically, there's a chance there. This is probably their best chance for a win until week 12. So maybe yeah. they take a look at it and really try and get up for this one. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I had them within a, within a touchdown. I think that bye week 10 is looking prime time for a firing there. I'm sorry, but if they're oh, – well, I would tell them I'm probably going to steal a win. So if they're one and nine or even two and eight there, I think that'll be it for him or at least uh, Jason Garrett, offensive coordinator. Um, sorry, you had the, the Saints winning, correct? Yeah, I'll take the Saints. I think it will be close. I think New York will try and win this one. Oh, they try to win every week, but they'll really push this one close. But, yeah, the Saints – Something like 27 to 24, something like that. Okie dokie. Um, last game in the early window, no one picked it, so it's kind of our um, kind of uh, leftover game that we maybe have a check out on every so often. It's Washington at Atlanta. Two one and two teams. Um, another game that I don't think promises a lot of excitement. Atlanta got on board with a row win, as we just mentioned, against the Giants. 
Um, and Washington also only have one year, win on the year, and that is also came against the Giants. Um, uh, look, this is two of the worst defenses through three games, Gordon. Washington are the 29th in yards, Atlanta uh, in points, sorry, and Atlanta are 30th, which well, we expected that from the Falcons, but it's a bit of a shock from this Washington unit. We talked about, I mean, last year they were, what, fourth in points and second in yards, and it's been a, a cataclysmic decline. I guess the good thing for defensive coordinators Dean Pease and Jack Del Rio is that neither of these offenses have shown very much. Um, of course, Taylor Heineke, uh, you know, did enough to get the win on that Thursday night game, but didn't look very good last week against the Bills. A lot of throws behind above his receivers, um, you know, getting picked off. And Matt Ryan, I mean, he did enough to get the win last week, but they scored, what, 17 points. He hasn't looked the same for a few years now. So, yeah, two not very good defenses against two not very good offenses. Um in the end, I've taken Washington because I think they got the best unit. I still think their defensive unit is the best of all four units in this game. I'll take them 24 to 20, but I could see this one going either way. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you there. I mean, this defense has been a real letdown, I think. I mean, they did have a reasonably soft schedule to finish the year off last year, but even then, um, the personnel, especially in this pass rush, seem a lot better than what they've dished up so far this year. So... I think this is a chance for a real bounce back game for them, build that momentum. Um, yeah, I mean, they're 29 points against. I don't think anyone would have predicted that to start the year. The offense has probably performed to expectations, maybe slightly under, but I think this is a real chance for a bounce back on both sides of the ball. Um, Washington probably wins this something like 27 to 14. I think Atlanta just doesn't have the power to go with them. Have you written off, you tipped Washington to make the division? Are you writing that off or you're not quite ready to jump the gun on Dallas? Uh, I think I'm I think I'm think ready to back Dallas there. Just, I mean, I know it's early, but the way they've looked over the first three weeks, they've been really impressive. Yeah, spot on. Okay, we've got a late window. Um, Are we just going to forget Chicago and Detroit? Or? Ah, excuse me. Well, I mean, thinking of the game, I mean, this wouldn't be the worst suggestion, but yes, I apologize. We should go to Chicago and Detroit. It was your fourth pick, Gordo. Excuse me there. Um, gee, what to say about this one? You've avoided the Jets, but you've stumbled into this game. Um, I tipped Detroit here, and the only reason I tipped them is because I want them to win. I don't want to, I can't, I just want Chicago to lose, get rid of Matt Nagy, clean house, so we don't have to watch this offense anymore. Um, Matt Nagy said to the press, he's undecided. I mean, can find the exact quote here. What did he say? He just said it'll be a game time decision. Um, but Nick Foles is out, so it's either Fields or Dalton. Um, whereas, uh, excuse me, Detroit, you know, they really deserved a win last week. They played some good football, a um, couple of good quarters uh, in the first game. They played well for a half on Monday Night Football against your mob, Gordo. Um, you know, they're a good win. Um, we like what Dan Campbell's doing. I think this would be a good time to get a first win and, you know, possibly leaves um, Matt Nagy's job in limbo. Yeah, no, I, I I think they probably will win, actually. I mean, Chicago's just been that disappointing so far. Uh, they had the win against Cincinnati, but that was largely off the back of their defence. The offence was really struggling there. And then, I mean, obviously last week we all saw what happened with Justin Fields. So... I mean, as you mentioned, the quarterbacks are a game-time decision. I'm not sure what that means because you'd think you're going to have a different game plan, whether it's Dalton or if it's Fields. So surely you would have made the decision by now because there's no way you can go out and play the similar offense or play the same offense if it's Fields or if it's Dalton. So surely you'd have to know so that you can game plan for it. It just it doesn't make sense that they're waiting this long to make the decision. 
yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, there's also confusion of whether or not he's playing calling plays. He wouldn't answer when the press asked him. So either he's, you know, it goes too great that he doesn't want to admit that he's had to give it away or he just doesn't want to tell them. Any, I don't know. Bill Lays, of course, they're the offensive coordinator. Um, if you are Matt Nagy, who are you starting? I mean, it, it's against a pretty bad defense. So I'd probably lean towards starting fields. But then again, before last week, the Browns were a pretty bad defense as well. And we saw what happened there. So it's a tough one. I think if he plays fields again and if he struggles again, I think his job's really in trouble, especially yeah. if they lose it. Um, if you start Dalton and he struggles a bit, then maybe he can say something and um, justify it by saying, yeah, fields wasn't ready. Uh, so he needs a couple more weeks without change or something in the coaching staff to maintain some sort of consistency. I don't know. I think I'd be starting fields. Yeah, I'm starting Andy Dalton uh, unless it goes horribly wrong, and then I can bring Fields in. But no, I'm I wouldn't be risking um, Fields again, regardless of you know how possibly weak this pass rush is. Um, yeah, I think I think it's for me at least. It's probably not a popular decision, but it's a clear decision. Um, okay, <laughs> cover that game now. Enjoy, Gordo. On to the late window. We'll start with your first pick. It is your Packers. They're hosting uh, Pittsburgh. Um, and look, two teams on very different trajectories, it's fair to say. Pittsburgh won week one. There was all a lot of hullabaloo about, oh, maybe they're not um, you know, due for the decline that we all thought. But ever since then, a dramatic downwards spiral. Uh, a home loss to Vegas in week two and then a demoralising home loss to Cincinnati last week. Um, I guess one bit of good news, they're back on the road this weekend. Um, whereas your team, Gordo, um, you know, embarrassed in week one, a uh, second half route over the lines in week two, a good win at the buzzer on the road in Santa Clara. And now they come back uh, home. Uh, how, where are you on the kind of pessimistic scale for this one? Nervous. I'm going to be honest. I mean, it just, I'm not sure if Ben Roethlisberger can play that badly again after what we saw the last couple of weeks. I feel like, um, I'm not sure. They're, I wasn't high on Pittsburgh coming into the year, but, I also didn't think they'd be that bad offensively and especially against the defense that, I mean, missing Zadarius Smith again, who's the best pass rusher on this team. And it looks like he's going to be out for an extended period now, having gone into back surgery. So he'll be out. Um, Elton Jenkins is questionable again. Bakhtiari is obviously out. So again, this offensive line going up against probably the biggest strength of Pittsburgh in this pass rush, who will have TJ Watt back is probably the biggest concern here. They did a decent job last week against Nick Bosa, bringing in a tight end to block as well. But, yeah, again, not entirely confident. Yeah, look, I'm all in on Green Bay on this one. So Sorry to do this to you, but I'm all in. I think this is an opportunity for Joe Barron and this defense to perhaps even flex their muscles against an offense that has been just, I mean, 25th in yards, in yards, 28th in points, dead last in rushing yards, this um, Green uh Pittsburgh off. It's 159 in three games, 3.2 yards per attempt. And then the passing game, Big Ben has the lowest passer rating, excluding Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, the rookies. So there's really not many bright spots to find on this offense. I think finally, you know, Green Bay gets some satisfaction on the defensive side of the ball and Aaron Rodgers does his thing. Yes, this Pittsburgh defense is still good. Um, as you mentioned, TJ Wattback, but um, you know, at home, I like Aaron Rodgers. I've got 28 to 16. I think it's a two-position game. Um, I presume you are tipping your own team, despite your concern. Yeah, is I'm, it a trap I'm, game? Is that what you think? 
I think so. I mean, it just feels like all the media this week's been about how bad Roethlisberger has played. And I mean, it's the first matchup between Rogers and Roethlisberger actually since that Super Bowl as well. Mm. So there's going to be that sort of hype heading into it as well. So I think I will take the Packers, but in a close one, um, maybe a field goal again, like last week, something like 27-24, something like that. Oh, I've got to be honest, I completely forgot about that Super Bowl until I saw that and went back and watched a bit. Quite an entertaining Super Bowl, forget about that one. And in AT&T Stadium, it's a good venue. Um, of course, you, you remember that one, Will. On the, on the uh, you know, conversely, if Big Ben does play badly again, are, are, we, are we approaching benching territory? Um, maybe. I mean, if surely someone like uh, Haskins or even Rudolph has to give them a better chance to win. Mm. Um, it's, it's a tough one. I think um, he's only a touchdown or two away from hitting 400 through his career. So maybe they wait until he hits that and then uh, he's 390. At the start of this year, he was on 396 touchdowns. He has three. three. He so, has three this season. So three picks, three Yeah, okay. Seasons. So he's one off 400. Yeah. So I don't think they'll bench him until he hits that, whether that is this week and then they keep playing him or if it's further down, but they won't bench him until he hits that. Yeah, I remember Kevin Harlan was saying on the commentary last, we kept saying, oh, we're waiting for 400 and it just got worse and worse than the picks and it was a bit demoralising. Anyway, okay, so we both got the Packers in that one. Um, my first pick in the late window, it's the only undefeated matchup on the slate this week. It's Arizona 3-0 travelling to take on the Los Angeles Rams 3-0. Um, look, they're both undefeated, Gordo, but I've got a whole lot more faith in the Rams than I think pretty much everyone does. Um, three, leaving aside the Indianapolis game, pretty dominant wins, um, uh, convincingly defeating the reigning Super Bowl champions last week. They look Super Bowl ready, whereas Arizona, yes, week one was amazing, but week two, um, they relied on a kick and missing a field goal to win. And then last week, Cliff Kingsbury's offense was asleep for half and, you know, they gave up that kick return touchdown and they... You know, they ended up winning, but um, weren't convincing for most of that game. Look, I'm hoping for a high-scoring contest. I think we'll get it, despite how good this Rams defense is. Teams can still score against them, move the ball against them. I'll go the Rams 36-27. to 27. What I'm most looking forward to in this game is watching two MVP um, candidates, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford, uh, go up against it. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right. It probably is going to be a shootout, I think, on both sides of the ball. Um, the Rams' defense is – I think the Rams are probably the best well-rounded team in the league. They might not have the best offense or best defense, but I think if you put them together, it's probably the best unit overall. Um, there's no real weaknesses on this team. They don't seem to be dealing with any injury problems either. So I think right now they're almost in the perfect position. Um, I think they probably do win this game. I don't know. Um, if it's going to be by a lot or not. I mean, we all thought last week was going to be pretty close with them and then they completely blew out the Buccaneers. I mean, the margin was, what, 10 points in the end, so it doesn't look as bad, but Felt realistically like that would blow out. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to take... Oh, I'm obviously going to take the Rams. I think something like uh, 35 to 27, something like that. I think it'll be a, a one-score game, but probably a touchdown. Yeah, just another big week for Cooper Cup. I think he already leads the league in receptions, yards and scores, but I'm, I'm still not sold on this Arizona secondary um, or the defence uh, as a large, to be honest. But, yeah, another big week for Stafford and Cooper Cup, I reckon. And just looking at this Rams team, they got the big win against Tampa Bay, Arizona, they play Seattle. Then they've got the Giants, Detroit, Houston. So they could easily be 8-0 and then Tennessee, San Francisco gets a bit harder. But, um, you know, they're the best team in football. 
I think most people would have to acknowledge that by now. Um, your second pick, Gordo, another entertaining matchup. Um, Denver, not many people would have expected them to be, well, correction, we, we, we would have expected them to be undefeated because they played three not very good teams. Uh, their first real test of the season, they're hosting Baltimore, who just escaped with a victory in Detroit thanks to the leg of Justin Tucker and some uh, questionable officiating. Um, this was a tough one for me, Gordo. Who are you leaning towards? Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Ravens here. I mean, I know Lamar Jackson's been questionable all week with a back problem, but he practiced today, apparently fully got through it fine. So he'll be playing. I mean, the only reason the game was really that close last week was a ton of drops in the first half. So they should have really won that by a lot more. Um, Denver, I mean, until I see them actually beat a good team, I'm not going to be convinced of them. Um, yeah, they've looked promising through the first couple of weeks, but um, I'm not confident enough to tip them against an actual contender yet. Uh, if they beat the Ravens, then, yeah, I think I'll be all in on them. But, yeah, at the moment I'm going with the Ravens. Probably in a close one. I think Denver is a good team, but I'm just not them completely yet. Yeah, look, I am brave enough. <laughs> don't know why, but to tip, uh, maybe stupid enough to tip Denver. Um, I don't know. I I don't really have too much of a reason to be on a second straight week on the road for Baltimore. You mentioned Jackson injuries, of course, depleted um, running back stocks. This defense for me hasn't been as good as I would have expected last week. Of course, didn't allow that many points against Baltimore. Um, I just think this is perhaps when they're fortunate, uh, when their uh, habit for winning close games runs out. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Denver. You've had most of their games this, this year, but um, for what I've seen, Teddy Bridges would have been good limiting the, the um, the turnovers. This defense is always good. Um, you've got underrated, you know, offensive players. Not a lot of people talking about Denver. Um, you know, um, I'll, I'll take Denver. I understand it's a risky pick. A lot of people are going for Baltimore with the safe pick. But if they're ever going to come through on this promise, what Vic Fangio wants to build, you know, a contender back in the AFC West. They haven't been a contender since what twenty fifteen when Manning retired. Um, yeah, I'll take Denver to win. It's a tough stretch coming up. I mean, they play Pittsburgh, could be a win, but then Vegas, Cleveland, Washington, Dallas. So, um, you know, there's no time like the present to actually convince people that you are a contender by be, by beating a contender. I like Denver to go to 4-0, and Baltimore to drop to 2-2. Two and two. Um, Yeah, I guess. Uh, and we'll move to the last game, the late window, Seattle at San Francisco. It's my second game. It's the remaining two NFC West combatants, um, of course, Arizona and, and the Rams playing in the other matchup. Um, Two teams coming off tough losses. Seattle dropped to one and two under 500 with that loss that we mentioned uh, in Minnesota. And the 49ers falling at the buzzer to Aaron Rodgers' magic. They go to two and one. So it's kind of a game that I'm not going to say must win, but it's a game that neither team wants to lose because, as we said, there are two undefeated teams in the division. Um, If Pete Carroll's team does lose, they'll be one and three. And they haven't been one and three since 2011. That's the last year that Pete Carroll didn't have uh, Russell Wilson. They finished seven and nine. Um, Big issue has been the defense. Well, the offense has fallen asleep in the last quarter against the Viking, uh, the Titans, and then the Vikings in a complete last half. But uh, this Seattle defense seems to kind of be in that kind of between the 50, 50 uh, the 15th and the 25th best unit. They've been like that for a couple of years. So um, uh, I think that Jimmy G won't have too much trouble in picking them apart. I am going to go for Seattle because I think they're a little bit more desperate. They're one and two, and I've got more trust in Russell Wilson than I do anyone else on this on this field. I mean, despite, as I say, their two losses, he's got the best quarterback rating in the league. 
uh, hasn't thrown a big very good um, for the first few weeks. Um, as I'm not sold on the Seattle defense, but but I am sold on on Russell Wilson. So yeah, I'll take the Seahawks thirty to twenty six. I think this one might have actually been the hardest one for me to tip through the whole week. I mean, San Francisco, they've looked, I mean, pretty good through the first, what, three weeks. Um, were blowing out Detroit until they really took the foot off the pedal. Uh, week two was, I mean, again, not a great game, but the defense really stood up. And then last week, the offense looked good. The defense really struggled. So it feels like they sort of alternated so far, but, this defense is really hurt. I think that's what's really going to help Seattle. Um, their secondary in particular, I think they're starting uh, a bunch pretty much of undrafted free agents for it. So I'm really not sure with this one. I'm leaning towards the 49ers because I think this offense has, or both defenses are pretty bad. And I think the 49ers offense has been more consistent. But I'm really not sure where to go with this one. Um, I'm going to take the 49ers in a really close one, similar to last week, but I think this time they're on the, the proper end of a game-winning field goal. Yeah, I mean, I've written down here it's as close to a 50-50 game as we've got this weekend. Um, it's interesting, coming into that last Sunday night game, I was kind of high on the defence, and then as we saw, they, you know, um, quite poor in, in, in patches against, against Green Bay, especially that last drive. And yeah, I, I agree with you. It's tough. I've gone for Seattle taking Wilson, but I think we've split on quite a few tips this week. So that's good. We've split on Seattle and San Francisco. We've split on Baltimore and Denver. Um, we've split on Cleveland and, and Minnesota. So, um, you know, there's a bit of variety there. Um, but yeah, that should be another another cracking close one. This is the best division in football and all the matchups, uh, the interdivisional matchups, um, you know, should be a treat. Um, we'll move on to Sunday Night Football, Tampa Bay. Um, return at New England. Of course, it's Tom Brady's return game. A lot of talk in the media about it. Um, it's on Sunday night football, you know, national audience. But sadly, I don't think we're going to get that good of a game, Gordo, to be honest. Um, the Bucks are coming off a convincing defeat, convincing defeat in LA, but Patriots were very, you watched the game, quite poor against New Orleans. Um, this New England kind of the offensive staff's, I guess, slow and steady approach to introducing Mac Jones to the big league kind of hit a snag. The Saints gobbled three picks off him. Um, I realised all of them weren't his, weren't his fault, but it was a tough day. They're 0-2 at home now, um, Patriots. Um, people raise Bill Belichick's record without Brady. I'm not going to give it too much weight. It's 63-75, and 75, inclusive of his time at Cleveland, and he's been 8-11 and 11 since Tom Brady left for Tampa last offseason. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who say, oh, you know, this proves that, um, you know, much if not all of Belichick's success at New England is down to Brady. Um, I'm sure Belichick would love nothing better to silence those doubters with a win here, but I just don't think he has the team nor the quarterback to do it. Gordo, I like the Bucks thirty-one to seventeen, so relatively comfortably. Yeah, no, I think the build-up is going to weigh outweigh the actual product for this one. Um, everyone's going to be excited until the first couple snaps when the Buccaneers win. I think pretty convincingly. Um, obviously, it's going to be entertaining. I think seeing Brady back in Foxborough for the first time, but and uh, Gronk as well, has he's listed as doubtful, but he could be playing against the Patriots for the first time as well. So the narratives are all there, but yeah, the game won't live up to the hype. Uh, the Buccaneers are going to win this, I think, fairly convincingly, something like 34 to 10, even the defence. It's been disappointing, I think, so far, but this Patriots offence has been even worse. And I mean, I'm not sure if Richard Sherman's going to play or not, but uh, he'll be a big addition, I think, to this Tampa defence as well. Yeah, you could really imagine Brady wanting to pile it on against Bill Belichick. I think you mentioned 
um, you know, the, the build-up's going to outweigh. I mean, as soon as the game starts, everyone's going to be a little bit, you know, less excited. I think also when the game ends, everyone wants to see that handshake when they come out in the middle of the field and, and what transpires there. Um, how have you rated Mac Jones' first three weeks? Is he? I mean, you'd have to say he's been the best-performing rookie quarterback, but that's not a very high bar, bar to cross, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it's really not. I mean, he has been probably the best of the, what, the four that we've really seen so far. I mean, Trey Lance hasn't really played enough to judge him yet. But, yeah, he's he's had the least amount of negative plays, I think. But he's also probably got – or he doesn't have the positive plays either. They've just been so conservative with him, just a bunch of 10-yard, 15-yard throws. And, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's worked – as such, he's there one and two, but it's it's limited the mistakes. I think he's been probably what we all expected him to be, really, just a real system quarterback who's been coached along to pretty much do what he did at Alabama, just rely on his receivers to make plays, and so far they haven't. Yeah, I just can't help think they're just heading straight for another kind of seven and ten, seven win season, and it's you know a change for, for, for Patriots fans after contending for so long under Tom Brady. Uh, last point on this. Of course, been a lot of talk about how Brady is likely going to, well, you'd have to say certain to pass Drew Brees' record uh, for most passing yards in NFL history. Needs 68 to overtake his mark. Um, and you wonder if the uh, the schedule makers kind of tried to work it out so they could place this game right there. I mean, we, we don't know. But, um, yes, that's the way it happens. So uh, that could be uh, another event taking place on Sunday night in Foxborough. We both think the Bucks improved to 3-1 and one and the Patriots dropped to 1-3. and three. Okay, well, we'll finish off on Monday night. Another cracker, I think, Gordon, we should have on Monday night. Um, another divisional matchup. The, the 3-0 Raiders, they uh, defeated Miami in overtime. Their second overtime win in three weeks. Travelled to LA, SoFi Stadium, a stadium in the league, many think, to play the Chargers. They don't have a win this year, and they, of course, lost uh, on the last second field goal to Dallas in week two. But last week, they went into KC and slew the beast uh, of their division for so long. Um Another game, Gordo, where these two quarterbacks are starring, Derek Carr. You know, he was there when the Raiders were at their worst. That I think it was a two-win season in, in 2014. He's trying to, to get them back to their best, course 3-0 for the first time since they went to the Super Bowl. And then you've got Justin Herbert, such a good rookie season, looking to prove it wasn't a fluke. Um, he's off to a good start. Uh, I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for this matchup. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's probably going to be the best game of the week, really. I mean, there's a couple other interesting ones, like Rams, Cardinals maybe, but this one, it really feels like it's got the potential uh, to really explode. Um, I mean, Herbert probably has started the year better than he did last year. I mean, he took a couple of weeks to really get into it last year, and this year he's just come right out of the gate and he's throwing on everyone, really. Um, Carr's obviously been really impressive. The Raiders' offense has been really good. The Raiders' defense has really improved as well, which I don't know if anyone actually saw coming, considering how they've been in the past. So... Yeah, I mean, this has all the potential to be one of the best games of the year, really. Um, I think the Chargers are probably going to win this. I think even though they're the ones that aren't undefeated, I think they're a better team. Um, last week, I think beating KC really showed that. So it'll be close. Um, I'm, I'm thinking something like a game-winning field goal again or a game-winning touchdown drive from Herbert. But, yeah, something like 35-30, high-scoring, entertaining, fun game. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got to agree almost entirely. Um, look, this is a this is a rivalry that kind of fallen asleep recently. I mean, think back to the Holy Roller in 1978. This was one of the best, um, you know, the best rivalries going back to the AFL days in the 50s and the 60s. 
as you say, fallen asleep recently, but, you know, well and truly alive now and in front of Monday Night Football, in front of a national audience. I completely agree. I think Los Angeles is the better team. I think they win in overtime 40 to 34 on, on a on a touchdown. Um, if they do get the win in charges, that's two key division wins. So they have the head-to-head so far, the one game over the Chiefs and over the Raiders. Um, part of why I've gone for the charges, I think two overtime games in the first three weeks, that has an impact on match fitness, right? That's an extra quarter you're playing essentially six of 10 minutes so if they go to overtime again the Raiders for third four weeks that's going to have an, you know that's just going to have an impact that's the way it works so um yeah I like <coughs> excuse me I like the Chargers to and, and Justin Herbert to outlast um Derek Carr and the Raiders a 40 to 34 overtime win but I think we're both just bar- you know barracking for a high scoring entertaining matchup between two of the best quarterbacks uh, that we've seen uh, early on through three weeks. Okay, that's all of the remaining games on the schedule. Um, you know, it's all set up to be another great week. The schedule makers do a good job, Gordon. There's always three or four really entertaining games um, on the schedule on the schedule for each week. Uh, oh, sorry, you're certainly a pick for this week. I did not get that. I'm still not entirely sure about this one. I'm, I'm leaning. I would have taken the Bills probably, but they've already won. So I think I'm going to go with. I'm going to play it safe and take the Titans over the Jets. Yep, I'm fair not enough. Going just, out on the limb this week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, of course, got uh, your Packers. So just the rules we can only take one team once uh, throughout the season, and you can't have um, undefeated teams versus winless. Not a problem because Tennessee do have a loss. Uh, Gula was 3 0 so far. I am only 1 and 2. A lot of catching up uh, to do there. Um, I do have a slight lead in overall tipping, but and we've, we've differed on, on uh, three or four this week. So um always good to see that okay we'll see you back here again on tuesday for our recap of all the week four action gordo thanks for being with me thanks for having me it's been fun it has indeed okay link to our blogs in the description link to the twitters in the description uh thanks to kevin for the music so much called fuck around link to that is in the description and we'll see you all on tuesday bye-bye